Welcome to the all-new Changing Worldviews podcast with Sharon Hughes, broadcast journalism you can trust to bring you the truth regarding the issues of our day and the worldviews behind them, politically, culturally, and religiously. For such a time as this. Freeing the minds of the brainwashed masses. Now, here's Sharon. Hello again. It is summer and time for our summer classics. Last one was all about IBM and the Holocaust. Since it's one of the most popular shows we've ever done with my guest Edwin Black, author of numerous books and also has experiential knowledge because of his parents having been part of the Holocaust. So we know things are building up for the 2024 election this week with the GOP debate and Trump choosing not to be a part of that, but an exclusive interview by Tucker Carlson One of the most popular shows that we have had in our 20 years on the air is with Mason Weaver on his book, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation. Very compelling arguments he has for not following politicians or parties because that's what you've always done, but rather to follow the truth. So that's what we will be focusing on in this edition. And might I just add, God does not want any of us to be a slave to anything. And of course, that includes political parties, candidates, policies, etc. So here you go. I met Mason when my husband Dwayne was running for U.S. Congress. Mason came up and was the speaker for a big fundraising event at the beautiful Klein Vineyards in Sonoma County. And what's interesting is that they actually have a train car on their property that they've refurbished and turned into a dining room that we used when Mason talked to us. And why that's significant is that Mason is the founder of the new Underground Railroad. And for those who may not be familiar, the Underground Railroad railroad transported slaves during that very sad period of time in our American history when slavery was allowed. Mason, himself being a black American, has a very unique perspective on the whole area of racism, and that's what his book is about. It's okay to leave the plantation. And what he's referring to is the political plantation that many find themselves slaves to today, and that the choices are between freedom or being a slave to the master government. So, my interview with Mason Weaver. Now, have you noticed that I'm black? Okay. I've been black most of my life. Now, you know, at Berkeley, I was an African-American, but I got over that. And we had this thing called slavery. And slavery was tough. Slavery was bad. Slavery was harsh. Slavery was was unhumane. And the reason it could not stand in America was because we believed that each person that was created had individual personal rights. So let me tell you about the Civil War. Let me explain to you so you can go to your range and throw that slavery thing at you. Let me explain to you what happened in our Civil War, the most unique Civil War in mankind's history. We've had Civil Wars all over the world throughout, man, throughout history. Brothers fighting brothers to control the government. We have that everywhere we go. But our civil war was different. It was the first and only time brother fought brother to free strangers. That's who we are. Brother fighting brother to free strangers. That's your apology. That's your guilt. It is over. Been paid for. 360,000 dead white men is enough apology for me. 
Mason is a decorated Vietnam vet, holds a degree in political science from UC Berkeley, is a noted speaker and author, having appeared on national TV, cable, and news programs. He hosted a live call-in radio show for eight years in Southern California. Well, welcome, Mason, to Changing Worldviews. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Sherry. It's really a pleasure to speak with you again. You know, the event I mentioned earlier when you came to Northern California to help my husband, Dwayne, with his bid for Congress was one of the highlights of that race. A lot of people were impacted and was on a train boxcar. You remember that? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lot of fun. I want to talk about the new Underground Railroad, but first, I know you've suffered some hardships, such as the accident you had after returning from Vietnam and while you were stationed in San Diego. Approximately 2,800 pounds of steel and iron plates fell on you, which resulted in a disabled discharge. Now, that didn't stop you. You went on to get your degree at UC Berkeley and pursue your dreams. Now, what caused you to do this rather than give up or give in to the the temptation to let government take care of you. Well, it wasn't any, any choices or decisions. There was simply nothing else I could do. I had to breathe air, so I had to live. And this gentleman who dropped this ton and a half on me was trying to kill me. Really? I, well, he did it on purpose. You know, he was a white racist, and I was a black racist, and we were antagonists on a ship together. And he saw an opportunity, and he took advantage of it, and he tried wow. to take my life. That's why I became very radical, because here was a white man that took all my energy, all my strength, all my ambition, my training, my career. Everything was taken away at 21 years old. I was completely uh, untrained, could not get a job. So I had to take care of myself. So I had to get out that bed and learn how to walk and and deal with the pain and re-educate myself to use my brain instead of my back. And uh, I couldn't sit around and say whose fault it was. I couldn't wait for him to give me a program and, and uh, make sure I'm better and, and give me some kind of set-aside. I had to go out and compete with him and his children, and that's what I've done. You know, in your book, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation, you talk about having been a liberal and making that journey over to being a conservative. But what do you mean by the title, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation? Well, it's okay. You have to understand that Master will never tell you it's okay to leave the plantation. So if you allow me to tax you at 40 if you allow me to raise your, and educate your children, if you allow me to set the rules for your living, then, then I will raise your children to work for my children. It's just human nature, not because I hate your children, but because I love my children. So in the book, it, it's okay to leave the plantation means that the doors are wide open. But if you expect someone to give you something, if, if your refrigerator is empty and you expect someone else to fill it, if you are cold and expect someone to give you a coat, you are a slave, and they're going to work you until you die and then train your children to work for them. And I did not want that. And I noticed as a, as a young Berkeley radical, hateful, God-hating revolutionary at Berkeley that everyone around me were victims. There were nothing that was victorious. Everyone was hateful and had low self-esteem. And I began to say, am I a grown man or not? Am I free or not? What am I fighting for? Am I fighting for a better treatment on the plantation or to be free of the plantation? Wow. Well, if, if, if I'm free of my mother's home, when I left my father's house at 18 because I thought I was grown, I had to declare I'm free, but I could not come back the next day and say, hey, pay my rent or take care of my car payments or mom, I, I need my clothes washed. So when I went to Berkeley as a radical student studying political science and, and listening to those socialist professors, I'm, I'm still loving America and still want a piece of America. And I'm hearing them say that as a black man, I could not achieve certain things. They assumed, based on the color of my skin, that I was incapable. Oh, I remember when you came up and did that event for Dwayne, we made arrangements for you to talk to one of the college campuses. And most of the people that showed up were the professors and the faculty. And yeah. uh, they were intrigued to come and hear what you had to say. But I think they were shocked because well, it wasn't what they expected. Well, they expect a 
black man to actually actually speak like a free man. So they, I remember that they. Uh, it was a pretty interesting group. Most of them allowed the students to come to class because the intellectuals really believed they're superior. So they were going to come and show off this uppity black man who happened to come up there and talk about freedom. And they thought I was going to have legitimacy for their degrees. Instead, I just told the truth, and the truth is always shocking to them. Yes. Well, it's powerful. I know the things that you're saying are totally different viewpoint of reparations and affirmative action and so well, forth. So and think about reparations. We argue the concept of children. If, if your child say to you, if a five-year-old child say to you, I want to go play on the freeway, you're not going to debate that with them. Because it's silly, it's foolish. So if, if someone comes up to me and say that we have to get reparations from the government that ended slavery, from the government of the Republican Party, of the federal troops that, that walked into Savannah and Richmond and destroyed Atlanta, the government, the Emancipation Proclamation, that somehow this government who ended slavery with 500,000 dead folks owe us something is foolish childishness. The concept is crazy. Number one, if you grant some kind of make-believe reparations for all descendants of slavery, I am sure, Sherry, if you look deep enough on your ancestry, you're fast in black blood and get some of that money. Or American Indian. Every, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, American Indians, they get casinos now. By the way, if you're going to do that, if you're going to give a monopoly in business to one group based on their race, yeah. then give me the cotton business. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. You know, I can't own a casino. <laughs> Let me own a cottage. Give me a cotton input-export business. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to ask Mason what he means by we were led into slavery by our chiefs. That's all coming straight up when we come back. A century has passed since the first radio station began broadcasting. Today, there are thousands of radio talk shows, and Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes is heard around the world, taking listeners behind the scenes on the important issues facing all of us. Alarmist global warming claims have no scientific foundation. If you have listened to our show for any time now, you know I continually refer to the perspective of our postmodern culture. Why? So we can understand why our world is making the choices it is, and hopefully not become a victim of its no-absolutes mentality. We have a period of time right now where culturally this is in vogue, that is, to be a relativist and to be uh, politically correct on certain issues. As the recipients of news reporting, you have to be more discerning than ever. Who can you believe is delivering objective coverage and who can you trust to tell you the unbiased truth? This is the purpose of our show and the reason for the name Changing World Views, where we talk straight on the issues. From Northern Illinois. I just started taking Alive Again about two and a half months ago, and I can't believe how much difference my joints feel. I feel actually more alive. I don't have pain in my joints, I have more energy. So, thank you very much for those products. They are absolutely incredible, and I will be taking them for many, many, many more years. Just one ounce a day of superfruit, 75 plus nutrients in a base of 100% aloe vera. And if you go to Apex Health, A-P-E-X, health.life slash Sharon, you can order your first bottle or bottles at the special price. Call 833-334-5433. Again, 833-334-5433. Using the promo code Sharon Special. Florida Congressman Alan West has caused some race controversy himself at a campaign stop earlier this week. I, I want to ask you, you, uh, in the context of what you said, totally understandable, but you've taken an enormous amount of heat for saying that you thought that the president wanted to make us 
his slaves. Explain what you meant by that. Well, first of all, the liberal media operates with a duplicitous hypocrisy that they do not want anyone to stand up and challenge them. And of course, when they run into an old fellow like me from down in Georgia that had parents that taught him that a man must stand for something or else he'll fall for anything, I really don't care what they say because we have to educate the American people about what is happening. When you go back and you look at the document that Thomas Jefferson wrote, it talked about establishing individual sovereignty. Those unalienable rights that come not from man or government, but come from our creator. But when you look at what is happening in this country, it is a collective subjugation that is uh, occurring in America. Well, welcome back. I'm talking with Mason Weaver about it's okay to leave the plantation. Well, Mason, I just did a show with Dr. Carl Muller of Open Doors USA about the persecution and slavery in southern Sudan. And it's a terrible situation, and we need to do whatever we can to CNN come to these horrendous human rights violations. It's just not okay. And, And as we know, one of the blackest spots in America's history is the slavery issue. So when you say we were led into slavery by our chiefs, what do you mean by this? Well, a, a number of different levels. Uh, it's really important to understand that slavery in Africa existed on a lesser scale, a different type, than existed in the Americas. And so the African chiefs knew, understood slavery. It's a great way to get rid of your enemies uh, and your prisoners. Uh, however, what I really meant by that, that the culture of the African chiefs that allowed certain things to happen, developed a culture of weakness. So the community was so weak, the slave traders were able to walk in. What that weakness was, was the way that men and women treated each other. Any society where you have the men uh, allowed to have more than one family, uh, more than one girlfriend, more than one wife, either you wink at it or you accept it. Every time you have that society, the young men, the young warrior class, <clears throat> have no reason to go out and defend the community because they have to live for the other family over the hill. That creates chaos. So that those slave nations were took in this captivity by unarmed merchant marines. It wasn't an army. It wasn't an invasion. The men were incapable spiritually to defend the city. In our communities today, you find black, young black men who, who have been raised and almost, almost encouraged to believe that women are sexual objects, so they brag about having more than one woman and no wives married. So you have a community where the young men become roving bands of bandits and warriors. We call them bloods and crips today. Uh, it used to be in Africa and most African nations that when a person saw one of their warriors on the pathway, that woman came down a darkened path and saw a warrior, she felt safe. Today, you see a black man, you do not feel safe. And I want to know why. Black people, you know, I'll give you an example. The underlying power of the black community. A few years ago, they had this Ebonics came out of Oakland, California. Yeah. You, had, you had four members of the Oakland School Board and the mayor standing at a press conference speaking perfect English, saying that black children speak a different language and had to be taught. And everyone knew it was crazy and foolish, and Jackson flew out and stood with them at a press conference and talked about their intentions. Well, what the press doesn't want to cover anymore is that the next election cycle, every black person on that platform from Oakland, the four school board members and the mayor, all of them were voted out of office. And uh, they're rejected by the voters because black people know they have to educate their children and take care of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Well, can you tell us what you mean that multicultural really means divide and conquer? Well, you cannot ever have two different cultures survive in one geographical region. Every time you have that, you have civil war. The Indians and the Cowboys, I mean, doesn't ever, ever match. So the people who are trying to push a different culture, other than a successful Western culture, a different culture means they want diversity, which means division, folks. It does not mean unity. So you can never, ever have that. So the Romans call it divide and conquer. In the South, they call it separate but equal. What is this new Underground Railroad that you've come up with? 
Well, in the South, during the slave days, the, uh, the masters told all the good white folks up north that those slaves like being slaves, that they're singing, they're dancing, they have medical plans, they have full employment, 100% employment on the plantation, folks. And they said they, they enjoy being slaves, they're being taken care of, they got government cheese programs, and then they told the slaves that those northerners hated them, that they wanted them to be free of master because master fed them, and that freedom was bad. And the slaves had nothing to understand but what master said. They escaped and went north and told the northerners that they were being murdered and killed. Those northern white Republican Christian people set up safe houses to bring slaves from house to house and show them the way to freedom. Today we have mental slavery crossing all economic and racial borders. People thinking like slaves, depending on master to take care of them, abuse women, hoping to love the man to stop him from beating them. We need a new underground railroad of free-thinking people to lead that mental slavery to mental clarity, and we're setting up new underground railroad safe house meetings uh, on my website, masonweaver.com. You can get information about it, and I enjoy everyone to join up. That sounds terrific. Let me just put out there for those that may not know, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican that helped set the slaves free. Well, matter of fact, that was the reason the party was formed. People don't understand not only was Lincoln the party of the abolitionists and the party of Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman, the first black Democrats elected was 1934. The first black Republicans was two years after the Civil War. It yeah. is a party of freedom. And people can ask me, well, what does the Republican Party do for black people today? I said, nothing. We don't own any. <laughs> you know, Democrats are very good at managing slaves. Whether you're homosexuals, whether you're low income, whether you are, are crippled, whether you're a female, misery management. That's all they do. And you must be scared and miserable for them to handle you. You will never see a poor neighborhood voting, voting Republican. The more poor they are, the more likely you are to vote Democrat. So Democrats are the party of the poor. As a matter of fact, they're the party of poverty. They will manage you well in your poverty, get you as comfortable as possible in your poverty, but never get you free of poverty. The, the, the slaves only react to emotion. I feel your pain. It's going to be okay tomorrow. They don't really care. The slaves never care how wealthy master is. They care how much master is going to do for them for picking that cotton for them. So we are battling with people who are afraid. They're like a herd of sheep, and, and they are frightened anything other than the sheepdog that gives them directions. The sheep herd together not because they love each other, but because they are afraid. And so you got folks in America afraid of guns and health and crime and, and retiring broke and no health plan. And so they're afraid. And the master comes in and says, you keep voting for me. You keep picking my cotton, and I will make sure I give you more government cheese. And they're looking for the best master. There are two mindsets in this country. One mindset says we're going to take care of people. Other one says we're going to, we're going to free people to take care of themselves. You definitely are saying something that is unusual in the black community. How well received is your message? Extremely well received. I invite your guests who may think differently to go to my website, masonweaver.com, and I have a, a segment on there, listen to my tapes. Pull that segment up and pull down a few of my speeches. One in particular is one given in New York, uh, Kingston, New York, before 450 black people, uh, Democrats. You can hear the response. You can see what I'm. You can hear what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not sugarcoating what I'm saying, and I'm not making them feel good about themselves. But you hear the response from the audience. Mm -hmm. Listen, when we show up, we win. You did say MasonWeaver.com. Can yep. people get your books there off of the website, too? Yes, ma'am. Books, tapes, CDs, uh, uh, also book me for events, and we can talk about the future from there. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with us and sharing, Mason, and we just wish you well on this venture of helping to set Americans free. Thank you. God bless you. 
You know, Frederick Douglass said slavery has been fruitful in giving itself names. It has been called the peculiar institution. It has been called by a great many names, and it will call itself yet many other names. And you and I and all of us had better wait and see what new form this old monster will assume and what new skin this old snake will come from next. Mason Weaver said in response to this that slavery did in fact take on new names. It became known as sharecropping, welfare, projects, public schools, and good intentions. Now, Frederick Douglass was right, Mason says. We must keep watch for the new names of slavery. We must also keep watch for the new opportunities of freedom. Frederick Douglass also said, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet deprecate agitation are men who want crops without plowing for the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters. This struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, and it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. Men may not get all they pay for in this world, but they must certainly pay for all they get. Learn from history. Freedom is never free. And I just want to read to you a couple of Masonisms, some of the statements that Mason has made. Number one, the spirit of those same power brokers who sold people into slavery is now delivering us to the new masters of poverty. Our children can recite any rap song, but not America the Beautiful. They are telling our children to keep marriage for later, yet still give them condoms. No race, culture, or nationality in America has ever achieved economic freedom by political means. If you are not willing to sacrifice, you are not willing to succeed. The education of America is the greatest fear of the plantation owner. We see drugs in our neighborhoods and blame the smugglers instead of the pushers. We have drive-by shootings and look to the gun manufacturers and not at the trigger men. The truth is not as you see it. The truth is as it is. If you do not know the truth when you find it, you will follow the one with the greatest lie. Once you take a stand on substance and truth, the world will come after you. However, you can be free, just as Mason said. Well, I encourage you to check out MasonWeaver.com if you want to find more of what he's doing, find his books and so forth. And as always, I like to close out with a favorite song. And this one is very appropriate for today's episode. And it's by the Windsor Village Choir.
Be a light that helps others to see the truth right where you live. And until I see you on the next episode, this is Sharon Hughes saying it like it is. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Changing Worldviews. You can follow Sharon on social media or listen to her on many online platforms. Just go to our website, changingworldviews.com, for all the links. And until next time, stay informed, stay alert, because we are indeed living in a changing world.